Psalms 19 verse 10 says that God's word is more desirable than gold, even much fine gold. And so if you have your Bible with you today, and I hope you do, please turn to 1 Peter chapter 3. We're going to look at verse 7, which describes for us a Christ-like husband's respectful sensitivity to his wife. If you recall, this letter was written by the Apostle Peter to people like us, to believers in Jesus Christ, to those elect who have been chosen by God, and yet at the same time are exiles experiencing increasing rejection by this world. That puts us in a pretty unique position when you think about it. Once we are in Christ, we're in the world, but we belong to heaven. We're citizens of a heavenly kingdom passing as pilgrims through this fallen world. And the question is, how do we live as elect exiles? As citizens of heaven, how do we live in this world for the glory of God? And more specifically in the context of where we are in 1 Peter, how do we as citizens of heaven relate to those who are still at present citizens of this world? What is our relationship to be with those who are lost? Well, God makes it very clear in this letter that our relationship with the lost is to be a saving relationship. That is why we're still here on earth. It is to point others to Jesus. When it comes to every other aspect of our walk with God, we'll be able to do it far better when we get in heaven. But the one thing, the only thing that we can do now that we won't be able to do later is point the lost to salvation in Jesus Christ. That is why we are still in this world, to bear witness to the truth. And therefore, it doesn't matter what earthly relationships we're talking about. The only relationship that is worth having with someone who is lost and headed to hell is a saving relationship. I make this point because we as believers are often tempted to retreat from our Christian witness for the sake of relationship, aren't we? We often think to ourselves, well, I could mention Jesus right now to my friend or my classmate. I could ask this spiritual question to my child or my spouse, but I don't know how they'll take it. Having this earthly relationship with them means a lot to me, so I'll stay quiet. I don't want to damage this relationship. So I'll just wait for a, and we say it all the time, a better opportunity. For the sake of relationship, we'll often retreat from our Christian witness, don't we? And yet Peter makes it very clear here that that is totally wrong and it is opposite of the approach that we ought to have as believers who are living in this world. When it comes to those we are closest to, we ought not to be retreating from our Christian witness. We ought to be leaning into it with our lives and our affections and our ambitions because the only relationship worth having with someone who is lost and headed to hell is a saving relationship where you care more about their relationship with Christ than you care about their relationship with you. As Charles Spurgeon said so eloquently, if sinners be damned, at least let them leap to hell over our dead bodies. And if they perish, let them perish with our arms wrapped about their knees, imploring them to stay. If hell must be filled, let it be filled in the teeth of our exertions. Let not one go unwarned or unprayed for. If that's not your focus, When it comes to your earthly relationships with those you know are lost, then what are you trying to save? Certainly not the person you love. 
You're just trying to save an earthly relationship with you rather than trying to secure an eternal relationship with Christ. And what shall it profit you if you save an earthly relationship with your friend, your child, or your spouse only for them to lose their own soul for all eternity? That's why I say, brothers and sisters, this is a non-negotiable. For the third time this morning in the introduction, the only relationship worth having with anyone who is still separated from Christ and headed to hell is a saving relationship. Let me put it another way. Every unsaved individual in your life ought to know at least, at least this, that to have a relationship with you means they're going to have to have a relationship with someone whose walk and talk is dominated with the subject of Jesus Christ. If you're going to impact for them for Christ, they need to know that you and Jesus are inseparable, that you're a package deal. And if they want to know more about you, then they're going to have to get to know more about Jesus because there is no you without Jesus. And that's at the center of what Peter's been saying here in the passages that we've been looking at over the last few weeks. Peter says in chapter 2, verse 21, right in the middle of the discussion on evangelism, for to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example, so that you might, listen to this, follow in his steps. That's what the unsaved world needs to see from you and I. Not Christians that increasingly look like them, but Christians that look increasingly like Christ. And... What does that Christ-like behavior look like? Peter outlined it for us in verse 17 of chapter 2 where he stated, Be subject, honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God. That's the path Peter's been taking us on over these past several weeks and will be for the next few. We've learned what it looks like to be subject for the sake of the gospel. Now we're going to look at what it looks like to honor everyone for the sake of the gospel. We've been seeing that. Peter's been showing us most recently that this call to honor everyone for the sake of the gospel begins at home. By how we treat our spouses. In verses 1 through 6, Peter showed us that a Christ-like wife's respectful submission to her husband and what that looked like. And then beginning today in verse 7, Peter's going to show us a Christ-like husband's respectful sensitivity to his wife. We're going to break this verse down into three simple sections to help mark our way through it. First, we're going to look at the command to respect your wife at the beginning of verse 7. Then we're going to look... And we're going to study the illustration of respecting your wife there in the middle of verse 7. And then finally, we're going to consider the reasons for respecting your wife at the end of verse 7. So the command, illustration, and reasons for respecting your wife and reflecting Christ in the middle of your marriage relationship. Reasons, the command, illustration, and reasons for showing her the respectful sensitivity of Christ. And just so you know, we're only going to look at that first point this morning. So... Let's read. If you would please stand with me as I read 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. First <clears throat> Peter chapter 3, starting at verse 1. The Apostle Peter, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, writes these words to us today. Likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands, so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives when they see your respectful and pure conduct. Do not let your adorning be external, the braiding of hair and the putting on of gold jewelry or the clothing that you wear, but let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. For this is how the holy women who hoped in God used to adorn themselves, 
by submitting to their own husbands, as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. And you are her children, if you do good and do not fear anything that is frightening. Verse 7. Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. This is the word of God which we keep, since all of our ways are before him. Let's pray. Father, we turn to you today as a congregation, and we ask as your sheep to help us hear your voice and follow you. Father, we thank you for the truth that you have given us. By your Spirit, help us to understand it. Help us to receive it by faith. Help us to apply it to our lives so that Jesus might be seen more clearly in us. For we exist for his glory. Give us grace and change us today, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So whereas Christ-like behavior for a wife we've seen looked like showing respectful submission to her husband, Peter shows us here that Christ-like behavior for a husband looks like showing respectful sensitivity to his wife. And we see that laid out very clearly in verse 7, starting with the command to respect your wife. That's the beginning of verse 7 where Peter writes, Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman. Now, Peter begins with these two words. He says, likewise, husbands. That word likewise directly ties us back to something that's been said previously. It ties us back first, most immediately, to the parallel call that wives received back in verse 1, which also began with the similar statement, the exact same statement, likewise, wives. So Peter here is establishing the exact same connection for husbands that he established earlier for wives. And if you remember, that connection goes right back into chapter 2, verse 21, where we read these words to this. That is this call to show enduring goodness. To this you have been called. Because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps. So just like citizens are supposed to show Christ-like behavior and enduring goodness towards their government, And just like workers are to show Christ-like behavior and enduring goodness to their supervisors, and just like wives are to show Christ-like behavior and enduring goodness to their husbands, so also likewise husbands are to show Christ-like behavior and enduring goodness to their wives. I love Peter. Peter and I probably would have gotten along really well. He's very simple-minded, and he'll hit one point over and over and over and over again. That's exactly what he's doing. He's hitting this one point like a jackhammer. It doesn't matter what sphere of life you're operating in. You, as a believer, are always to act like your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And how is Christ to act? Well, we found 
back in verses 24 through 25 of chapter 2, that by continually entrusting himself to him who judges justly, Christ himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree so that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. It's by his stripes that you and I have been healed. So think about that. Think about the heart of Christ that's contained in those two verses. Christ observed our sinful state. He took note of our spiritual plight. He recognized our total helplessness and spiritual inability. And in dependent faith, Jesus, our loving protector, stepped forward. He took the pain and bore God's wrath in our place so that we might be saved. Rather than self-absorbed, he was completely observant of the state in which we were in. And Peter says, husbands, you act likewise. Follow Christ's example in how you treat your wives. Show your wife Jesus. Act like Jesus. Do for your wife what Jesus, your Savior, did for you. Act in a like manner. And Peter outlines for us what that Christ-like behavior looks like as a husband towards his wife. Peter writes, likewise, husbands, Live with your wives in an understanding way. Now, I want to make some pretty basic points here at the beginning. First, notice what God doesn't say to these believing husbands, many of whom, because this is early in the church, many of whom would have been married to unbelievers. And God doesn't say, divorce your unsaved wife. Neither does he say, harass your unsaved wife. Or be harsh with your unsaved wife. Or avoid your unsaved wife. Or complain about your unsaved wife. He says, live with your wife, even if she's unsaved. That's what he says, live with your wives. That is sunoi, I knew I was going to destroy this, in the Greek. It is a word that only occurs here in the New Testament. uh, And it means to dwell beside. It means to dwell beside. And in fact, it's far more intimate than that. To sunoi keo, there it is, your wife. To sunoi keo, your wife, means to find your fixed place of belonging alongside your wife. Now that's interesting because if the last hundred years in America have shown us anything, it is so easy for you and I as husbands to find our fixed place of belonging nearly anywhere else other than alongside our wives, isn't it? And that's exactly what Satan wants. Rather than making the place where we belong to be the place that is alongside our wives, we've made the place where we find our belonging and our identity and our purpose and the reason for our existence to be alongside our workplaces or our careers or our cars and our yards or our boats and our lakes or our woods and our tree stands, or our TVs and our sports teams, or our electronics and our games. It's on these things that men, yes, even Christian men, spend our time, our energy, and our attention on. And it's alongside these things that we often find our place of belonging and security and companionship. And all the while, where are our wives? Where are we? Nearly 
anywhere else other than alongside our wives. If there's one thing that I've learned from over 11 years of ministry, it is that wives are often very lonely. Christian wives with Christian husbands. Husbands, if you're serious about following Jesus, then our Lord is telling you this morning to remember your place. You need to live not at the office. You need to live not at the lake. You need to live not in the garage. You need to live not on the golf course. You need to live with your wife. She is to be your companion, Genesis chapter 1 and 2. She is to be your best friend. She is to be your confidant. She's to be your fellow dreamer. She's to be your fixed place of belonging. She's to be your God-given help meet fit for you and no one else. So live with her. Live with your wife, husband. I just got stuck on this point as I was looking at it this week. We need to do better. Men in America on the whole, have failed the last three generations of marriages. You'll have men turn to women and say, I can't believe we have all these women nowadays that are becoming so career-oriented and neglecting the home. Okay, men, where have you been last for the last hundred years? Career-oriented and not focused on the home. Maybe they're just following in your footsteps. Yeah, this is countercultural. You're right. And can I say, again, this is in the context of evangelism. As a pastor, the evangelistic repercussions of husbands not following this one simple command cannot be overstated, I think. When the daily representation of the gospel beginning as simply as a husband living with his wife on a daily basis disintegrates either through the interests of the husband or the wife or the busyness of life, you lose. You lose generations. And I've seen that. It's time to change course and stand together. Being a workaholic is not a Christian virtue. It's called an idol. It's time to turn the tide of sinful culture that seeks to drag men away from what really matters, and we need to say, no, enough is enough. I hear Christ's call. Jesus says that my fixed, of be- fixed place of belonging is alongside my wife. Therefore, I'm committed to dwell with her no matter the cost. And if that means that I have to find a new job that respects my God-given responsibility in the home, then so be it. I'm committed to following Christ. I'm committed to living with my wife. Even as Christ, in Matthew 19, 5, reminded us from Genesis 2, 24, Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and shall do what? Hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. So I have to ask the question this morning, believing husbands, are you doing this? 
Are you holding fast to your wife? In today's crazy culture, I could probably even start it this way. Are you even living with your wife? Or are you like ships that are passing in the night? We often talk about headship when it comes to the husband's role in marriage. Listen, a head should not be separated from the body. Husbands, start leading in this way. Start leading in this way. If your home life is so structured that you rarely see your wife throughout the week, something needs to change. And you need to spearhead that change. Because according to Christ's command, you and your wife need to be living life together as much as possible, not separately. Find your fixed place of belonging alongside your wife. And again, all of this is simply the call to do what? To follow Jesus. To walk in his footsteps. Husbands are to dwell with their wives. Why? Because that's exactly what Jesus did. Jesus did what? He dwelt with us. John 1.14 says, The word became flesh and dwelt among us. See, it all began with Jesus living with us. Jesus wanted to have a saving and sanctifying relationship with us. And he knew he couldn't have a saving and sanctifying relationship if he's never with us. So what did he do? He lived with us and he resolved to never leave us nor forsake us. He was committed to live with us no matter the cost. So that he might save us and sanctify us. Well, man of God, if you want a saving and sanctifying relationship with your wife, as Ephesians 5, 26 through 28 commands that you should have, then it begins in the exact same way with the very simple decision that you must live with your wife and resolve to never leave her nor forsake her. You must commit to live with her no matter the cost. Following Jesus and having a Christ-like impact with your wife and in your family starts at the most basic level of committing to live with her no matter the cost. Sometimes it is better to turn down that promotion if it means you have more time with your wife and your kids. And I praise God I had several good examples of this growing up. Following Jesus... Start to the most basic level, committing to live with your wife no matter the cost. What God has joined together, let not man separate. We as Christian men need to fulfill our God-given role towards our wife at this most basic level. God has not called you to deck your wife out with all the clothes she ever wants and whatever car she wants and to have the awesome house you never had and all those different things. He has called you to live with your wife. And so, as I was thinking this week, maybe I should end the sermon right here. (laughs) Husbands, live with your wife. Change what this next week's schedule looks like. There's enough right there if you have ears to hear. But for the sake of piling on more conviction, (laughs) let's complete Peter's thought. Husbands, live with your wives how? In an understanding way. Now, once we commit ourselves to actually fulfilling that first part of this command, okay, I need to be with my wife. I can't be living life so crazily that I never see her and I never know what's going on in her life, in her heart, in her home, in her mind. Like, I need to be with her. Once we commit ourselves to following that most basic Christ-like requirement, then we need to ask ourselves, well, how? How? How am I going to live alongside them? And the answer is we are called by Christ to live alongside them in an understanding way. That is gnosis in the Greek, and it means to have a deep experiential knowledge of something. Husbands, you're to commit yourself to live with your wife because it's your God-given responsibility and role to know your wife. 
Yes, to know her physically. Yes, to know her mentally. And yes, to know her emotionally. But most of all, to know her spiritually. You're to strive to know how your wife is doing deep down in the hidden person of her heart. You're to strive to understand what her strengths and her struggles are. You're to strive to know your wife down to the silent ripples that go on in her own soul so that you can be sensitive towards them. And yet, there might be some men here today who don't even know what your, you don't even know if your wife had a walk with God this week. Forget about the silent ripples of her soul. Do you even know if your wife read her Bible or prayed even once this week on her own? And then take it even away from spiritual things. Do you even know what your wife did this past week? Period. See, we need to know these things. We need to understand where our wives are at the deepest possible level. Why? Because this is how Jesus knows and takes care of you, husband. As Romans 8.27 says, he searches our hearts. He knows what is in man. And based on that understanding, that deep, intimate knowledge, Jesus sensitively cares for us, shepherds us, and watches over even the thoughts and intentions of our hearts, as Hebrews 4.12 says. And that's how we're to strive to know our wives. We're to strive to know and shepherd our wives like Christ knows and shepherds us. And also that we can be sensitive towards our wives just like Christ is sensitive towards us. As Matthew 12 verse 20 says of Jesus from the prophet Isaiah, bruised reed he will not break and a smoldering wick he will not quench. See, Jesus knows us and therefore he is kind and he is sensitive towards us. And likewise, husbands, we should know our wives and be kind and sensitive towards them as well. Just as Ephesians 5, 28 through 29 says, you must love her. You should nourish her. You must cherish her, just as Christ does the church. As the biblical counselor Dave Harvey once wrote, marriage is a quest towards knowing the complex gift God gave you in your spouse. You are to learn who they are as a whole person so that you can skillfully love and care for them. So husbands, live with your wife. Husbands, live with your wife in an understanding way. And when you do, Peter says next that it will look like you as the husband showing honor to the woman. See, that's why you want to live with her. And that's why you want to know her. It's because you want to know how to respect her. Show honor to the woman. Now, the concept of showing honor, even though we don't often talk about this when it comes to men's roles in marriage, do we, right? Husbands, love your wives. Wives, respect your... No, no, that's that's the way it is. No, it actually says here, husbands, respect your wives. Show honor to them. The concept of showing honor is something that's pretty familiar to us. It means to show respect. It means to outwardly demonstrate the value and worth of something or of someone. In fact, if you're struggling to work up a mental image of what it looks, to, what it looks like to show respect to somebody, uh, all you have to do is look back into chapter 2, verse 17, where Peter says, honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, and here it is, honor the emperor. Okay? So husbands, let's think about this for a moment. How much honor would you show the emperor if God told you to live with him for a day? 
How much honor would you show, let's say, the president or a head of state if he came to live in your house for the weekend? What, ta- what would that honor look like? What would that honor sound like? Would it sound like the type of things that husbands often say to their wives when they come home from work? Oh, Mr. President, it is so good to see you. Here's my coat. Yeah, you can tell me how my day went. I'm just going to put my feet up for a second, Mr. President. Wow, this couch is still a mess. No, Mr. President, I'm still listening. I'm just resting my eyes for a moment. (laughs) Hey, Mr. President, is supper ready yet? Wake me up when it's done. Oh, and by the way, it looks like I finally have this weekend free, Mr. President. Is it all right if I go hang out with the boys? Does it bite? It better. Man, that's not what we'd do. That is not what we would do. We'd take his coat. We'd tell him to sit down. We'd make him supper. We'd clear our schedule out to make room for spending time with him. Well, if that's what honor means for the emperor, why would it mean anything less for your wife? In fact, let me raise this up even higher. Verse 15 of this exact same chapter tells us later to honor the honor Christ the Lord. Husbands, we're told here to show honor to our wives, just like we'll be told soon to show honor to Christ. And that means, as Ephesians 5.25 states, it means giving yourself up for her, surrendering yourself in a sacrificial service to her, just as Christ surrendered himself in sacrificial service to us. It looks like dying to yourself every single day. Because that's what Jesus did for us husbands show honor show respect to the woman that means dying to ourselves every day it means living not in our own little worlds that we've created our own little worlds of careers or hobbies or distractions but living with our wives in an understanding way and recognizing that careers and hobbies and interests are always to be directed towards that one earthly relationship God has given us to prioritize over all others, the relationship with our wife. We're to be living with our wives in an understanding way, knowing what she's going through, knowing her burdens and hardships, knowing her struggles and pains, and then stepping forward just like Jesus did and becoming our wives' loving protector. By taking those burdens, hardships, struggles, and pains from our wives as much as possible and doing whatever it takes so that she might find relief and be loved and find honor. Just as the church is relieved and loved and honored by Christ, though we don't deserve it. This is how to show the enduring goodness of Christ. Husbands, live with your wife in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman. Now, I don't know about you. That was really convicting this week. I, as a husband, need a whole lot of help in this. If I'm going to live with, know, and respect my wife like Christ does the church, 
I know I need a lot of help with my attitude. And I know I need a lot of help with my actions and my approach. Because honestly, sometimes I come home from a long day of work and my attitude is the opposite of Christ's. I feel so alone right now. Can someone say amen? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I come home with the mindset of to be served. Not to serve or to give my life or my energy selflessly to the welfare of my wife. And sometimes I, so sometimes I need help with my attitude. I just need to be reminded of the gospel again. And then second, sometimes I need help with my approach. You know, so get, there are days when I do come home, and by God's grace, I do have the right attitude. I want to live with. I want to know. I want to show honor and respect to my wife and be a reflection of Jesus to my family. I want that. But I don't know, or I often forget practically, how to begin in that. What questions do I ask my wife when I come home from work? What things do I say in order to grow in my understanding of and and my ability to respectfully honor her at the end of the day? Well, since this is something I've had to wrestle with, (laughs) in order to help us do that, I've created what I hope to be a helpful tool for us as men. When you're leaving today, we have printed copies on that small table in the back outside the church office of a small four-page booklet I've created, and it's divided up into five basic sections that I want all of us as husbands to go grab a copy of and read through this afternoon. The first section, just to explain it before you look at it, the first section, titled Active Listening, offers a series of five basic helpful questions to ask your wife every day, whether it be the moment you walk through the door or maybe the moment you finally get in bed together and you finally have a chance to talk, right? Uh, whether five helpful questions that will help you understand just her day. What happened, right? How did that make you feel? The second section that I've titled Open Posturing gives three helpful steps that we can strive to follow while with our wives in order to know how to honor them in a sensitive and appropriate way. In other words, sometimes you might come home and say, how was your day? And she doesn't want to talk right then. She says, I got dishes. Would you please help, right? There are questions that you can ask in that moment that show you how to honor her. A third section titled Honest Communicating gives, uh, offers communication points for us as husbands to try to hit when we talk to our wives about our day. How do we phrase those things? The fourth section, which I've titled Steps of Love, is five practical things that you can do every day that shows your wife that you love her. Very simple things. And then the final section titled Relational Excavating is a more in-depth list of questions that you could ask your wife, maybe if you go on a date this week with her, in order to try to understand her in as broad a sense as possible, understanding her heart, her body, her background, her battles, and her walk with the Lord. Now, none of what I've written is necessarily profound, but hopefully it is practical and helpful as we seek as men to strive to follow the example of Christ in sacrificially living with, knowing, and honoring our wives in a sensitive way. Because this is not about filling our brains with a verse. I should do this. This is about putting it to practice by God's grace. And so this week, men, let's make sure that we're living with our wives this week. That we're actually spending time with her. Having conversations with her. And moving in a direction of living life closer together, not apart. Let's make sure that we're understanding our wives this week, that we're actually asking questions and knowing what's going on in their lives, their minds, their days, and their hearts. 
Let's make sure that we're honoring our wives this week, that we're making it very clear by our actions and our reactions that she is the most valuable, most loved, and most important part of our earthly lives. Live with your wife, know your wife, honor your wife, no matter the pain, no matter the sacrifices, no matter the cost, just like Jesus does for us. So may God give us grace to do what is good fearlessly and to make the necessary changes this week so that all around us might, so that those around us might see Christ living in us. We'll have to look at the rest next week, but for now, this is the word of God from 1 Peter 3, 7, which I now commit to your further study and your faithful obedience towards the fervent care of one another until Christ, who is our example and our hope, returns. To that end, let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for the example of Christ. We thank you, Father, that even the night when he was betrayed, it says he loved his own even to the uttermost. Ever selfless, ever sensitive, always aware of the needs of his people. Father, we recognize what a great responsibility has been put upon us as men to reflect Jesus in this role. Help us this week, Father, to make the necessary changes. Help us this week to strive to live with our wives, to know our wives, and to honor our wives even as Christ lives with, knows, and honors us. May we follow in his footsteps this week for his honor, for his glory, and for the reflection of the saving gospel beginning in our own families. Help us to change course, Lord, for your honor and glory. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.